your heart feel happy we'll do some more singing in a few minutes now let's get back to our continuing bible story from the bible and living sound when ahaz was buried hezekiah his son began to reign in his stead the new king what do you think of him gile well he's quite young Still, I I have confidence in him. I can't quite decide why, but for some reason I have the feeling that he's going to make a good king, even a great one. Greatness in kings and the success of their rule 
is in exact proportion, as you and I know, to the degree in which they obey and honor God. I wonder about King Hezekiah's training and home environment. Even though his father, King Ahaz, was a wicked and idolatrous king, his mother, Abijah, was a godly woman. I hope she has trained him. From what I have observed, I believe she has. Many kings have come to the throne trusting and obeying God and were great and successful monarchs, only to decline when they began to trust in themselves instead of God. Perhaps this new king will follow the same pattern. Mm, time only will tell. Still, I believe that King Hezekiah will Excuse do... Excuse me, please, while I see who's at the door. Yes? I come with a message from His Majesty the King. Well, won't you come in? Thank you, no. I must hasten on to do the King's bidding. His Majesty requests thy presence, thou and thy companion, in the throne room at once. So be it. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I wonder what the King is up to. Impossible to say. One thing is sure, though. He's a man of action. <laughs> Bow the knee. His Majesty, great and wise King of Judah, enters and approaches the throne. Arise. God save the King. I have assembled ye Levites and priests because you've been faithful to your position and to God through the evil reign of my father Ahaz and of other evil and wicked kings. Because you do serve the Lord God, I shall speak freely and confidentially. Long even though I have but now ascended to the throne, I shall exercise my authority to do certain things that may or may not have the approval of the people. However, I seek not approval of the people, but of God. For in doing the will of God, I shall do that which is beneficial to my people. May the Lord bless thee, O King. The temple of God has long been unused and is in vile condition. The outer door has even been shut. My first act, as king of Judah, shall be to open the door to God's holy temple. I so order. Now, which of you volunteer to go now? I want to do it. Matath, you are eldest among the priests. Care you to open the temple door? Oh, happily, your majesty. Long live the king. Know ye, ye priests and Levites, that I am going to institute drastic and immediate reforms in Judah. First, I am going to restore the temple services so long neglected. Our fathers forsook God and his holy temple and did that which was evil. Wherefore, the wrath of the Lord has been upon all Judah and Israel. Nations and people round about have hissed and defiled us. Our fathers have fallen by their sword. Our sons, our daughters, our wives are even now in captivity, slaves... With your help and the blessings of the Lord, I shall change all this. Ye shall cleanse the temple of its accumulated dirt and filth. And then shall ye stand in the temple before the Lord and minister unto him with burnt incense and offerings. Now go now, sanctify yourselves. Gather unto the other priests and Levites who love the Lord and wish to serve him. Sanctify them. Then shall ye clean the temple, carrying the filth abroad into the brook Kidron. Is everything finished? Almost. By nightfall, the temple will once again be clean and free of the evidence of years of disuse. 
The priests cleaned the inner place, and the Levites cleaned the outer place in the court. The doors and vessels? Repaired or replaced and ready. Come, we shall so notify the king. May the Lord bless the king. And make his reign long and prosperous. Your names and rank, please. I am Jeiel, your majesty, priest of the Most High God and son of Elizaphan. I am Shimrai, blood brother to Jeiel, O king. We both heartily endorse the temple reform ordered by his majesty. We were chosen by our brother priests to take charge of cleansing the temple. How is the work progressing? It is finished, your majesty. Finished? <laughs> In only 16 days. Everyone has worked with a will, your majesty. How soon may the temple services be revived? At any time, your majesty. Everything is in readiness. The temple itself, with its altar and table of showbread, has been cleansed and sanctified. Moreover, O king, the temple vessels, which King Ahaz did cast away, have we replaced and sanctified before the altar of the Lord. I shall be at the temple early in the morning. Be there, thou and thy fellow priests and Levites, and see to it that the rulers of Jerusalem are present also. Together we shall make offerings and seek forgiveness for the sins of the nation. According to thy command, through thy servant Moses, we offer unto thee these seven bullocks, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven he-goats. The Lord be praised forever and ever. So the service of the house of the temple of the Lord was restored and set in order. And King Hezekiah rejoiced, and all the people with him. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. 0234 Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. i
Jesus wants his followers to know how to pray. What's prayer? It's simply talking to God. Here's a prayer Jesus used as an example of how we should talk to God. Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Why are you sitting under this tree looking like you don't have a friend in this whole world? <sighs> because I don't have a friend in this whole world. What about Alita? Isn't she your friend? She used to be, and now she thinks she's in love with Carl and doesn't have time for me. What about Caitlin? I've seen you guys hanging out. We're not speaking. Long story. Dana? You once said that Dana was the perfect friend. I was wrong. So you're just going to sit here being depressed? That's my plan. Rico, being depressed isn't good for you. It makes you sit under trees and sigh all day long. You stop doing stuff, which means you don't get any exercise. You start eating junk food like ice cream and donuts, which make you fat. You start getting bad grades in school. And soon, you're a little old, fat, grouchy lady living in a cabin in the woods talking to raccoons. Sounds good to me. Come on, stop being depressed. How? Well, first of all, let's go for a walk. That'll get your blood flowing, and that'll take the oxygen to your brain and make you feel better. Then we'll stop by Habib's Market and buy some mangoes. You love mangoes. Then we'll pass by Dana's house and throw a brick through her window. <laughs> Sam, you really know how to cheer me up. You're a pretty good friend. Hey, I thought you didn't have any friends in this whole world. I was wrong. I've got you. And don't you forget it, girl. By the way, do you have any money? Mr. Habib doesn't give mangoes away, you know. I have to buy my own mango? Hey, it's your depression. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 2, Saving Captain Morgan. What do you mean it's gone? Jenny gulped. We were only away for a minute. Just what I said. It's gone, Dee Dee answered, the sound of worry in her voice. Do you see it anywhere around here? Jenny shook her head. It couldn't have just walked off. It has to be here. Did you see me carry it into the other room or outside, Dee Dee asked. Maybe I did and don't remember. Jenny shook her head again. We looked at it in this room for just a few minutes, she said. It has to be here. But after 20 minutes of searching, they had to give up. The Bible just wasn't there. Jenny saw tears in Dee Dee's eyes. She put her arm around her friend. It's not your fault, Dee Dee, Jenny said. I was with you all the time, and I know that we left it right here. Dee Dee sobbed. But that Bible is so important to our family. What are we going to do? Do about what? Mrs. Adams stood in the doorway. When Dee Dee saw her mother, the tears flowed freely. Dee Dee, what's happened? Dee Dee was crying so hard she couldn't speak, so Jenny tried to explain. When we came back, the Bible was gone. There, there, it's okay, Mrs. Adams said to Dee Dee, trying to get her to stop crying. I have to admit that your story is strange, but the Bible couldn't have gone very far. She stroked Dee Dee's hair as Dee Dee's tears slowed. I'm sure it will show up around here somewhere, Mrs. Adams said, as she sat down on the couch beside Dee Dee. Let's see, has Jenny heard the story of this old house yet? Jenny shook her head, just that it used to be a boarding house. Is there more than that? Mrs. Adams smiled. Much more. In fact, you are sitting in one of the most historical houses in Mill Valley. Chances are, however, you haven't heard much about it in your history books. Dee Dee's great-great-grandfather, Abraham Hartford, wasn't a very nice man, and he got involved in a lot of bad things. But when he became a Christian, he decided that he wanted to tell others about Jesus. But some of his enemies still tried to hurt him and his family. They even burned his house down. Finally, in 1904, he moved here and became a preacher, the first black preacher in Mill Valley. Times were hard back then, especially for a black minister. People were poor, and his church couldn't afford to pay him very much. Fortunately, he had a little money saved up from his life before. He used it to buy this boarding house. What kind of people stayed here, Jenny asked. All kinds, Mrs. Adams said. Grandpa Abraham never turned anyone away. At that time, there were a lot of hard feelings between white people and black people in town. This was considered the part of town where black people lived. But Grandpa Abraham allowed all kinds of people to live in his house. That's why the mystery of Captain Morgan happened here instead of somewhere else. Jenny and Dee Dee looked at each other. Mystery? Dee Dee asked, no longer crying. What mystery? Mrs. Adams smiled and went on. In those days, a bad man named Captain Morgan did a lot of business on the river near here. He made his own whiskey to sell, then used the money to buy guns. He sold the guns to robbers and other criminals down south. He made a lot of money, but he made a lot of enemies at the same time. One night, there was a big fight in town, and Captain Morgan got shot. He dragged himself to the boarding house here and asked Grandpa Abraham for help. Grandpa took him in, even though the town would have been very angry to have a white man in this boarding house on the black side of town. Wow, Jenny said, what happened then? Captain Morgan's enemies looked all over for him, Mrs. Adams said, but everyone knew that Captain Morgan had always been extra mean to the black people in town. His enemies knew that he would never come to this part of town to find help. Captain Morgan was smart, Dee Dee said. Yes, his hiding place protected him for a while, Mrs. Adams said. He hid at the boarding house for several weeks. Then one night, he just disappeared. 
You mean he ran away, Dee Dee asked. Well, most people thought he ran away, but there were some reports of strange lights down by the river the night he disappeared. Some people think his enemies finally caught up with him, killed him, and threw him in the river. Wow, Jenny said, and he hid out in this house? Mrs. Adams nodded. In this very house, in the room at the end of the hall upstairs. Wow. The girls were silent for a moment. Finally, Dee Dee spoke. If he just disappeared one night, I wonder if he left anything here. Well, you two can check the house out in the next few days, Mrs. Adams said. Just let me know if you find anything. The girls jumped up and ran to the stairway. Just keep your eyes open for that Bible, Mrs. Adams shouted after them. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 7, The Clue in the Secret Passage, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom things they say the springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become so let the children come please let the children come children's bible journey was brought to you by 3abn australia radio and is a production of life talk radio at lifetalk.net